0: Hello, you're listening to the Thrive Podcast, where we explore how people are working with water, land, and ecosystems to make a more sustainable food future. I'm Chris Pataxel. Today, we travel to Hanoi, Vietnam with Georgina Smith, who works at SIAT, the International Center for Tropical Agriculture. In Vietnam and much of Southeast Asia, cassava, otherwise known as tapioca, is an important staple crop and a key export commodity. Georgina looks at how this versatile crop is facing some severe threats, including some unwelcome pest invaders.
1: I brave the traffic of bustling Hanoi, Vietnam's capital city, to get right to the heart of what makes this city tick. It's food. I'm especially interested in one ingredient, the root crop cassava, or tapioca. Originally from South America, it's usually boiled or steamed, but this region has transformed cassava into everything, from sweet desserts to noodle soup. What better way to discover street tapioca cuisine
2: than on a food tour with Nguyen Gokaha? So I do food tour every day. Now become daily tour. I like to make friends. One day I really want to become really special food expert, you know? I love food because I, I love cooking when I'm a kid. When I'm seven years old, I can cook well already. Vietnamese food really special because Vietnam also have totally 54 minority, 54 ethnic group. That's why also one minority, they have a lot of cuisine already. Especially tapioca, really common in the mountain area, especially because they don't have a choice. In the mountain area, tapioca become the main, the main ingredient for one meal because they don't have many rice and also like the like tapioca cheaper, easy to, to, to grow. Before, only for poor family. They cook together rice and tapioca. But now tapioca becomes snack. Nice. Here also we still also grow tapioca. But tapioca becomes nice snack food. We have a different noodle. Tapioca noodle, glass noodle, also like tapioca flour. And tapioca become like tea. It's Just boiled. You can see that here. This is also pillow cake with flour outside, and inside is like tapioca noodle, and some pork, and then onion, and mushroom. Tapioca noodle also with crab soup. Very popular for lunch, for dinner, but normally this one just for lunch or just for
3: breakfast.
1: Leaving behind the bustling old quarter, I've made an appointment with Dr. Chris Vyckius at the International Centre for Tropical Agriculture, or SEAT, at its regional headquarters in Hanoi. SEAT has a global responsibility to research cassava as a food security crop, and its headquarters in Colombia houses the world's largest cassava collection. As an entomologist, or cassava pest and disease expert, Chris's job is to stay ahead of any threats that might come cassava's way. As it turns out, there's
3: quite a few. Thank you. So cassava is a very, very important crop. Huh? It's a, a crop that's originally from South America. It's, it's a crop that's grown for its uh, starchy roots. And it's a crop that's very important for the region. It's grown uh, locally on 4 million hectares. It's uh, cultivated by 8 million small-scale farming families. It's a key uh, food crop for some countries here in, in Southeast Asia. It's a major industrial crop used for ethanol production. Some of our colleagues at SIAT's headquarters in Cali call it even a Rambo crop. So it's a crop that's that's especially resilient to climate change. It's a crop that continues to thrive well under conditions of high temperature, under conditions of of prolonged drought. So it's a a crop that's very resilient to uh, different aspects of climate change. So while other crops in the region, for example, maize, could suffer substantially from drought or in increased temperatures. We expect that cassava will continue to produce high yields under under changing climates. It may be the crop of tomorrow, but it's also a crop that's facing a number of increasing threats nowadays as well. So over the past decade, a number of non-native Insect pests and bacterial diseases have made their arrival in the Southeast Asia region, and those are causing quite important yield losses. And then in the meantime, it's also a crop that's sometimes not managed very well. So the soil and, and the whole cropping system is, is not managed properly. To some extent, we under, underuse the crop. We don't manage the crop well enough to fully exploit its yield potential.
1: So with these pests and diseases that are invading the region, what is the answer with regard to building resilience within local farming systems so that farmers are able to to help the ecosystem to fight back?
3: In some areas farmers don't fertilize their crops well enough. In other areas farmers mainly grow uh, cassava crops under uh, monocropping arrangements, so they don't diversify their cropping system with other crops, they don't do uh, rotation with other crops. So, year after year, farmers grow cassava in the same field. Little by little, that has impacts on, amongst others, uh, the crop's vulnerability to, to uh, uh, pest invaders. And we start seeing that. We start seeing that in, in Western Thailand, we start seeing that in uh, some areas of Cambodia, of Laos, of central Vietnam, central Philippines, where we are noticing huge outbreaks of some of those uh, pest, pest invaders. By, for example, promoting crop diversification schemes, by promoting proper soil fertilization practices, we may create further opportunities for natural enemies, for natural enemies to do a good job in fighting those pest invaders. They, they have pest insects for breakfast. In the case of cassava mealybug, for example, which is a, a very important pest of, of cassava here in the region, we're talking about lady beetles that go after the mealybugs. We're talking about lacewings, which are also tiny insects, which are very voracious predators. They're like the lions of the insect world. Uh, and we're talking about parasitic wasps. So parasitic wasps are tiny little insects that sting the mealybugs. They deposit an egg inside the mealybug and then the egg little by little grows inside the mealybug and then ultimately when it's fully grown, it kills the mealybug, and a new parasitoid emerges from the mealybug's body.
1: Sounds like something out of Alien.
3: Yes, indeed. It's uh, almost the same, <laughs> but then for the insect world. In more diversified farming systems, natural enemies are more abundant, natural enemies are more energetic, and natural enemies ultimately are better in killing the, the, the invasive pests.
1: And so how do you make the farming system more friendly to these defenders of, of cassava and other crops?
3: So one one way of doing so is, is by actively discouraging the use of insecticides in the farming system. So we have noticed that cassava farmers are more and more relying on insecticides to kill those invasive pests. On the one hand side, the insecticides are very good in killing the pest insect, but they also kill all those natural enemies, all those uh, born mealybug killers and, and other insects that go after those pest and and, and disease factors. So by discouraging the use of of insecticides, we actively conserve uh, the the natural enemy community in in farming fields. Another approach is by actively diversifying cassava crops to provide environments that are more appropriate for the natural enemies, providing environments where the natural enemies have a diversity of, of food sources. The natural enemies actively thrive Also by diversifying cropping systems, little by little one can build organic matter in the soil and one can increase plant health status. Cassava plants will be more healthy, cassava plants will be more vigorous and cassava plants ultimately will be more able to fight off pest and disease attackers.
1: In your research, what are you hoping to to gain or insight into in in the coming months or, or years as the research unfolds?
3: Together with a whole range of national partners, we're looking at all different aspects of pest management in cassava systems. So together with Thai partners, we're looking at the impacts of insecticide use on some of the, the natural enemies of, of those mealybug invaders. Together with Chinese partners, we're, we're learning what types of intercrop could be most suitable to fight off mealybug pests. We're looking at a whole range of, of different aspects. Together with researchers in Vietnam, we're looking at the effective natural enemies and, and, and how they perform under different agricultural landscapes. We're looking at well what nature has to offer to fight those invasive pests and diseases in, in the system.
1: Dr. V. Le from the Vietnamese Plant Protection Research Institute in Hanoi, is a member of Southeast Asia Pests and Disease Network. Set up to check the region's pulse on cassava health, his work is to pin down disease vectors, or transmitters, and pests attacking cassava. The search for solutions, he says, is on.
2: The farmers cannot control the pin meaty bugs. Uh, So now from uh, two years ago, we... uh, collaborated with SIAD and we start we started to solve that problem. If cassava is infested by pink mini the farmer cannot get any benefits or maybe very low benefits. If it's uh, heavy in, infested, the farmer has to destroy all the cassava. We can give some protocol and help, help the farmer how to control the pests and the guided to the farmer how to recognize the disease and pests on the field and the farmer can know uh, which pests and how to control them. They can save
0: uh, their customer. Thanks to Georgina Smith for producing this podcast and to Nguyen Ngok Ha, Dr. Chris Vykus, and Dr. V Le for their contributions. If you would like to learn more, please visit our website at wle.cgiar.org slash thrive, where you can also leave a comment. And don't forget to subscribe to the Thrive Podcast to get the latest updates from the CGIAR research program on water, land, and ecosystems. Thanks for listening.